Welcome, welcome along to another Herald Express Devon Live Talker United Yellow Army podcast with Guy and with David. Um, whatever you're doing, I gather it's not flat pack this week. <laughs> some, some people just like to sit down and concentrate on the podcast, so uh, we do have much to discuss. We do, we do. We we've do. seen a game this week. Yeah, uh, uh, and in and around that there's been plenty of other stuff going on, hasn't there, which we'll, we'll get has. to in a minute. So what, what I thought we could probably do is start with the Plymouth game yeah. from Tuesday night. Well, especially since that's the first time, first chance that most United interested fans at this time of year will have had a, a chance to have a good look at yeah. uh, at um, the work that Gary Owers has, has managed to do so far. And while we're talking fans, there were 1,800 people there on yeah. Tuesday. Yeah. Argyle, bless them, good. sent a lot of fans up. Thank you if you're an Argyle fan who came up and uh, paid over the turnstile for that. We appreciate the uh, the support that you give us. No, no, it was a it was a, a pretty upbeat night. I it thought, was. Yeah. Um, uh, and obviously it needed a contribution from United to make it that way. And uh, and I think uh, most people felt that they delivered. Yeah, I, uh, I came um, away Argyle quite won, impressed. Well, yeah. Argyle won one nil, and yeah. it could have been quite a lot more. Let's face it. Alex Bass made a whole series of decent saves, and United were under pressure for quite a lot of the game. But um, that didn't. Uh, mean that United didn't play a full part in the game at mm. times. They they certainly passed the ball pretty well. I think the important thing was that after the Forest Green game a week before, yeah, obviously they'd won four 0 at Pool on the Saturday, but the, the the Forest Green game was looked like a bunch of lads uh, shaking hands and introducing themselves before the kickoff, and it looked like a game that where they had just come off quite a fierce training session yeah. in the morning of the game, which they had done now. The same thing happened on Tuesday night against Argyle, that again they trained on the morning of the game and had a very hard session on the Monday. Yeah. But it was definitely a step up and quite a significant step up on the performance against um, Forest Green. And uh, there were, you know, one or two new faces yeah. over and above. Uh, and, uh, and for all of that, I think it was, it was, a, it was a, an encouraging night. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, for the benefit of, of Torquay fans who maybe haven't seen the team play yet and are wondering Most how it's very like to line up as well. Yeah, um, let's run through the players one by one, starting with that goalkeeper, Alex Bass, got the full ninety minutes. Yes, um, played the whole game. Sean McDonald stayed on the bench, um, but Alex Bass got a lot of plaudits, didn't he? Yeah, he certainly did. for his shot stopping. That's right. Uh, I, I, the, he he had a moment or two off his line. Yeah, uh, let's face it. But um, you know, he's not a established senior goalkeeper he he is still learning his trade mm -hmm. but he he's very very highly rated at Portsmouth uh, I know Gary Hours well he, uh, not just me he's he's come out and said so how how pleased he is to have got him yeah um uh, and uh, um, you know he had a good night let's face it he did he um, made some very good saves yeah. he was a little bit unlucky with the goal to be yes, honest yes he was there was a deflected shot that sort yeah. of looped over him and on, onto the bar uh, and then United sort of hesitated a bit, didn't they? They had a couple of yeah. defenders there, plus Bass, who who who, who I, I think was in two minds as to whether to come and throw himself at. Um, the ball had dropped to Graham Carey, who yeah. had his back to goal, didn't he? At uh, quite close range, and Carey is, as usual, uh, oh. the best player in the Argyle side and the best player on the pitch again on on Tuesday night. I, I could watch Carey all day. Yeah. I think Carey's a terrific player. He. Now, I did mention this the other day, and there were hoots of laughter when I mentioned this at Walking Football the other night. 
but he's a Roger Federer kind of a sportsman because he never looks as if he's going to break sweat. No. Nope. He never looks as if he's broken sweat in his entire career. He may have got a little bit of a glow on now and then. <laughs> but everything he does is languid. He thinks about what he's doing. He plays the ball beautifully. Honestly, I could watch Graham Carey play all day, every day. Well, uh, aren't Argar fortunate enough to have, been, to, have, to have managed to hold on yeah. to him? I'm sure that they've made his terms attractive enough for I believe him to stay so. there. But, yes. yeah. but he, he, he is a, a, a class act and, and you're right, he, he never he never ever seems to be rushed on the pitch. No. But but let's face it, that's what good footballers nearly always yeah. look like, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Steve McCall used to look like that. Jason Fowler used to look yeah. like that. Alex Russell used to look like that. They just have this way of finding that extra two and three yards of space. And yeah. when the ball arrives to them with that two or three yards of space, they've already worked out what yeah. the options are, what their probable first one is. Uh, and that gives them, that gives us all the impression that the game is ridiculously easy, yeah. which of course it is to them, but to the rest of us it's, uh, it's horrendously it's difficult. And um, See, no, he, he is, anyway, so he, the ball dropped to him and, and I'm sure his sixth sense was that there was some hesitation around yeah. him rather than people jumping straight on him or not allowing him to turn. And in the end, he was allowed to turn and just hook this little volley yeah. into the net. And it was, a, I think, for all of us, we thought, oh, dear, that's a bit of a soft goal. You know, having got away with the one that hit the bar, um, yeah. uh, he yeah. then put it in. But um, there you go. Um, that that's the way it happened. What half an hour ago, something like yeah. that. Um, yeah, and Torquay had defended well up to then. We'll come on to the defensive unit in a minute. But yeah. Torquay had defended well. Argyle had missed a lot of chances, to be fair. But, well, I uh, think it, it it wasn't so much missed them. They did miss a few. But but uh, I think one of the plus points, and of course this is exactly what Gary Owls and every other manager of clubs at this uh, lower division clubs at this stage of the season is looking for. And he immediately came out after the game and touched on discipline, organisation. Mm. He could have thrown in work rate as well. And, and you know, when you're playing these higher division teams, and I'm sure the same thing will happen against Cardiff City tomorrow night uh, and Bristol City again next Tuesday, yeah. the, the whole point about these games from a club like a team like United's is, is that you have to batten down the closing down, the work rate, all the yeah. kind of stuff that's going to be bread and butter for when the serious business yeah. starts on August the 4th uh, and United in order to restrict Argyle to 1-0 absolutely had to keep discipline organisation work rate going um, and that's what they did they did so moving on then right back uh, was Ben Winter yeah um, looked very good going forward they yes. played the, the two um, fullbacks played as wingbacks yes we, game, we know it? about Liam Davis already by yeah. the way uh, United did have the sort of like three-five-two formation, mm. which uh, they used for most of last season. Uh, ben Winter, a right wing back, and Liam Davis, left wing back. By the way, how good did Liam Davis look? He looked uh, tremendous. Uh, uh, um, he really looked he, for he, most of the evening. Do, do, I think you and I both sort of paused in mid sentence when we were typing something because wasn't there a drag back and a step all over sorts, at one point? All sorts. Uh, now I know it's a friendly. It isn't a league game. The tackles aren't flying in. Um, it's this time of year, yeah. isn't it? But uh, uh, Liam Davis, what? He played in the championship four or five years ago for Yeovil. And if he isn't the best left back or mm. doesn't prove the best left back, especially attacking left back in the National League South, we might as well all pack up and go home because uh, he is he is 
physically built for the job. Yeah, his touch is great. He he made a monkey of of several uh, Argyle opponents on on uh, on Tuesday night in a perfectly nice way. Um, and uh, very impressed with him. Yeah. And let's hope he can now. He's 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 fully fit. He had that horrendous start to last season. Mm. Where he couldn't kick a ball um, because of this this foot injury that he that he carried in, into the season with him, didn't play again until about October time. Yeah. Um, now he's he's you know fully up and running. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we haven't seen from him yet is a goal, and and I'm sure that can't the, be long. The, the, kind no, of playing the, like that, playing the way he did on Tuesday. Him, there are yeah. goals in him. Um, and on the other side, Ben Winter's just come in. I do think Winter is still on his way up to speed. If yeah. you know what I mean. Uh, um, I don't think he's playing at his absolute best at the moment, um, but this is a, a work in progress there. And everybody that I've spoken to that's seen him play in the past, um, you know, contacts up in the home counties and everything, say that he's yeah. he's got it there. Um, um, you know, spent the early part of his career at Crystal Palace, where they tend to mm. play a bit, um, and I'm sure he'll 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 prove he'll pr- prove yeah. okay in the in the coming weeks and months. Because what we need to say, I think we have to do it every two minutes by law during this podcast, is we have to say, you can't read anything into friendlies. No. All right, so we just, just keep throwing that in. It's just a chance to have a look yeah. at the... Uh, before All we the old cliches. Away. Can't win any points, can't lose any, blah, blah, blah. So looking at the back three, yeah, uh, we had George Eshuman. Yes. Jean-Yves Couignarte. Yeah, who, who had arrived, obviously, since the Forest Green game. And Carl Cameron. That's right. So, so there was three completely new players there. I mean, obviously George Eshman's been with the club for a few weeks, but um, three real sort of newcomers there. Um, and I think it shows from time to yeah. time. Um, uh, George Eshman, they're all powerful lads, uh, and we touched on this in the paper this week that that, that uh, United will not be found lacking for phys- for, no, for, for physique hefty, this season. Yeah. There, there's there's some big big lads in that squad. And Eshuman did get a goal at Poole, didn't yes, he? Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, he, uh, I was a little bit concerned sometimes uh, with United's back three that they were reacting to things mm. quite often rather than anticipating them. And of course, in defence, that's the most important thing of the lot. You have to anticipate. Yeah what your opponents are going to do rather than reacting because the better they are the less chance you'll have to get it back if they do you uh, and a couple of times George Eshman got caught down the right hand down his right hand side he mainly by Freddie Ladapo who is quick yeah, and is strong yeah they're not going to come up against a Freddie Ladapo well, every and week and that's absolutely right. right to say that um, but we might as well be getting to grips yeah, with lads like yeah. that and then finding the National League South a little bit easier hopefully um, so there's stuff there, but this is all, you know, George Essiemann's a young lad, he's he's still learning the game, yeah. and these are, this is stuff that, you know, defenders especially have to have to take on board. Um, Niate, I, th- Niate, I thought, looked useful. Yes, he's a, he's a big lad. He certainly he? is, isn't he? Um, as, as when I was talking to Gary Owes in the week, he was running through one of them, and he goes, of course he said, um, yeah, Jean-Yves is six foot four, Across, <laughs> he's, he's almost Darren Moore like at the he's back a big there, lad. isn't he? Yeah. Uh, and actually, the game, uh, um, whenever he got the chance just to put his head on it, the ball certainly went. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, but it wasn't played like that. He, mm. he the ball was often being played into Ladapo more or less played on his own up front for yeah. Argyle, and certainly was blamed being played into feet. So um, uh, I, I dare say the National League South will be. A little bit more like the National League, the ball in the air, the ball will be in the air a lot more often. 
so I think that was quite a good yeah. uh, run in for him. And weren't we all impressed with Kyle Cameron? Well, Kyle on the Cameron would, would, would have been. I know the sponsors gave Alex Bass man of the match, yeah. understandably, because he had a very good game. But Kyle Cameron was was he my took choice. Our eye, I didn't thought he yeah, played really. Right. And, His positioning and, was good. Yeah, you know he's always goal side of the player. He you know he, he tackled pretty for a friendly. He was tackling pretty well. Yes, and, and he and, looks as if when he when he comes away with the ball, he's not just hoofing it into space. He's he's quite constructive as a defender. Well, isn't the he? other plus point, of course, is that he's a left-footed left centre back. Yeah. Thank goodness for that. You know, um, everybody obviously Sean McGinty played there has played there for the last two seasons. So United are looking for a natural replacement for him. And let's not get too excited. It's only pre-season yeah. for Kyle Cameron, and it's not—it's—it's it's not an accident. I don't think that he—he he looked good. Uh, yeah. You're talking about somebody who had, who was on loan at York City and at Newport County when they were in League Two. Yeah, um, had spells with them. Played at, up at Queen of the South, and he's just been released by Newcastle. So they've obviously kept him there. Mm-hmm. He's—they've he, sent him out on loan several times, but not got rid of him up to now. And uh, I think he's 21. Yeah, um, built for the job. You could hear him. I was going to say you can hear him out yeah. there, can't you? Um, uh, uh, now, obviously, hearing's one thing, and what somebody's actually shouting is another. Mm. But um, you, you know, you 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 knew he's a, he, he's a presence. He isn't is. He? That's yeah. right. Um, so I think that 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 was a he he, yeah. he was the pick at the back, and that's not to have a go at uh, Essuman uh, no, or Niarte at all. So because um, as you say, it wasn't just Alex Bass that kept Argyle at bay. You know, there was a lot of sound defending. There was coming and, from and, Torquay. And absolutely right, and of course, you know, you're looking at a squad which still has in it Jakob Sokolik, who was who yeah. was uh, injured with a thigh strain on uh, on Tuesday. And Josh Gowling, you know, we, yeah. we, we must we mustn't forget him. Um, uh, he's still at the club, uh, and certainly against Forest Green, when United were under a hell of a lot of pressure against Forest Green, um, uh, when Josh Gowling went on, he immediately looked like the yeah. <laughs> the calmest defender out there. And he so, came came on as a sub on Tuesday and as he well. Came on as a sub and on they, Tuesday as well. And did well and did well. Yeah. So um, there's quite a unit of players back there. Yeah. For, for hours to choose from and uh, interestingly also when he made that change he, he pushed Esuman into a yeah. position just in front of the back four in midfield uh, personally I, th- I think and we're coming to uh, this gentleman in a minute that with the arrival of Ryan Dixon yeah. um, and Asa Hall obviously around I, I would have thought those two at the moment mm. are the two sort of central defensive Midfield picks, yeah, um, not centre back, but but centre midfield. But um, uh, Eshiman playing in front of the back four is clearly an option. Yeah. So into the midfield, then let's start with Jason Banton. Yeah. Um, a headline grabbing signing. Everybody's heard of Jason Banton. Yeah. I I felt on Tuesday that he he wasn't quite up to the speed of the game. Uh, he, he looked as if he needs a couple more games to get him yes, into the, I, into I, the groove. I, I put at the moment I put him in the uh, in in the bracket with Ben Winter. Uh, um, yeah. they're, they're clearly talented young players. Um, uh, I, I think they're still coming up to speed. Yeah. Um, Banton makes the game look ridiculously easy one minute, and 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 then quite hard the next. Yeah. Um, he, he has a, a great touch, you know, he can do things you go, whoa, that's a bit different. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he'll do something a minute later and you go, what are you doing that for? Yeah, you he know? wasn't uh, quite um, finding the right passes, was no, he, on no. Tuesday? And, but it's only, only the evidence of one game. Well, so, it, it yeah. is. And, and um, uh, so we, we'll, you know, he, he's, yeah. I'm sure he's going to contribute this season. 
Um, uh, you know, he, he the best years of his career were, were his two loan, his two spells, one on loan and then one permanently at Argar. Yeah. Now, yeah. obviously, you know, his career hasn't exactly taken off since then. In fact, it's probably drifted the other way. And now he's got a chance. Certainly, if in other words, he must be one of these players that's thinking, I've come down to Torquay here to win promotion. Yeah. In the National League South. I've got to rip this division. I've 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 got to have people looking at me in this division and thinking, hang on a minute, we missed out here. Yeah. And that's I'm sure what's in his mind, and and I know it is. Um, and uh, you know, fingers crossed, uh, he'll he'll deliver. I'm sure he's got yeah. he's, he's he's got the tools to do the job. Uh, Sammy and Nabby. Yep. Liked him in the first half. Thought he went a little bit off the boil in the second. Yeah. He's he's uh, he's he's. Touch is he's, yeah. he's a pass, no problem. There's a goal in him, which he's quite physical seen. as well, isn't he's he? He's quite a big. Yeah. He's another yeah. big lad, um, and of course, uh, Asa Hall was injured. Nothing serious. His mm. groin was just a bit sore on t- Tuesday night, um, so that was a, a slightly different sort yeah. of mix in there. Um, but uh, no, I, I think again, I, th- I think it's a question of Sammy. These sort of games, Plymouth, Cardiff, Bristol City, are huge. Big pardon for players like Sammy and Abby because their physic, their their fitness and their mobility yeah. uh, and all that kind of the game is going to be tested. But it will do them the world of good. The last thing the Sammy and Abbeys of this world, good players need, is nice easy stroll arounds at this yeah. stage of pre-season yeah. where they can look good, ping it around, and everybody says, "Oh yeah, nailed on." No, no. that they need to work. You know their backsides off at this at this particular stage of pre-season, and that will be money in the bank for later. The first three or four passes that he played on Tuesday night were outstanding. Yeah, thought, yeah, fantastic. But whether it was just that Argyle smothered him a little bit in the second half. Yeah, he's he's, he's a quite a clever player as well. Yeah. I, I think you'll find when the season proper starts that he'll be, uh, especially if I'm reading it right, and and United's sort of first choice midfield uh, um, or central midfield will be. Hall, Dixon, and then Sammy and Abby playing in front of them. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hoping and thinking that Nabby will pop up in all sorts of places in and yeah. around the edge of the box, um, uh, which is his natural territory, um, and chipping in with goal with goals yeah. from there. And of course, uh, um, you know, if you can play a bit and find a pass in those sort of areas, that makes it even better. Good stuff. And then Ryan Dixon. We yeah. liked Ryan Dixon. He reminded me a little bit of Sean Joyce. Did in a strange sort of a way he was getting stuck in nobody told him you're not supposed to tackle in a friendly no. obviously uh, yeah sorry we're over time you can't read anything into friendly by the way <laughs> um, just we're over the time to say that but um yeah I did. it was just that kind of play you know he's busy he's quite quick across the ground and he gets a tackle in well I think of, of all the signings and with all due respect to all the other signings that United have made this season the signing of Ryan Dixon uh, yeah. has cheered United fans perhaps more than any other uh, um, you're talking about a, a hugely experienced player um, uh, uh, who was here, of course, from, uh, yeah. during one ill-fated season when United got relegated, uh, the Chris Roberts season, uh, um, although he came in towards the end of his yeah. time, um, in 2007. At Argyle then, Plymouth lad through and through, and has gone on to, to have a really good career. Yeah. Look at the clubs he's played for, <coughs> Brentford, Southampton, Colchester, and a 40-game season at, at Yeovil last season. He's been at Yeovil for quite a while. Uh, natural left-footer, has played left-back, left-wing, anywhere down that side of the pitch. I think that uh, Gary Owers has in mind to play him 
mm. sort of left centre midfield. Um, where quite, he can bring all his to get him. Well, exactly. In, uh, in I mean, here we ways. are. We, we we constantly look at players in other parts of the country, don't we? Oh, there's a really good player at Newcastle, or a really good player in London, or mm. a really good player in the Midlands, and you hope you might be able to get them. Might be able to get them there. They sign for yeah. whoever Kidderminster, or they sign for Gateshead, or they sign for Boreham Wood, and you go. Well, now we've got a decent, a, a proven, proven player. Yeah. Who happens to come from this part of the world and doesn't want to clear off? Mm. He's 31 years old, family, um, and uh, I haven't seen the. I haven't been told the length of the contract, but I'd be surprised if it's only for one season. Yeah. Um, uh, 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 and he's he's agreed to drop down, if you think about it, from League well, it's, Two with Yeovil yeah. to, to to the National League South with Torquay, uh, with all that that you know involves and and. I'm sure that Gary Hours sees him as a senior, senior member of yeah. the squad. Uh, uh, he must be a candidate, and of course he did briefly on Tuesday night um, uh, for the captaincy. Yeah, um, there are plenty of other candidates for that as well, by the way. But um, no, no, he's just a, a thoroughly good, yeah. experienced footballer, um, and uh, you know I, I think he's going to hopefully prove a. As long as he keeps fit and injury-free, yeah. yeah. And the other thing is, is you know, just touched on that injury thing. He's he's he is fit. You know, it's yeah. not like he came off a season at Yeovil where he played eight games and four substitute appearances last season. You know, he played forty-three games for them last year, um, uh, and and has done that for most of his career. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a that's hopefully a, a plus in there. And you can imagine a combination of Dixon and Hall. Yeah. Both thirty-one years old, seven hundred and fifty games between them. You know, not back numbers by any means. Um, you know, that's a decent combination in the middle of it midfield, is, isn't it? I think. Yeah, yeah. Players that we've heard of. Talking of captains, the captain's armband to begin with on Tuesday night was on the shoulder of Brett Williams, which it has been. Uh, um, you know, on more than one occasion this season. It, one tackle clattered him so hard his armband came off yeah. as well. I think. But uh, you know, started up front with Jamie Reed and Brett Williams. Yeah. Now I actually wrote the phrase in the live blog that something they did was easy on the eye. Yes, you did. I don't you think I've ever written that phrase about a Talk United <laughs> Not team. for a year Not or two anyway, no. But they, they, they played well together. They gelled well together in the first half. You know, we know them both yeah. very well anyway. Yeah, I thought there were times when, when uh, uh, United had the ball either at the back or in midfield and those lads were looking up to hit Williams, yeah. who who is at the moment acting as a centre forward, you know. Uh, and uh, Reed and Banton, who were the two players, kind of yeah. out wide, or uh, were a bit slow in getting to him. And and yeah. and so he, if he was winning the ball, which he, funnily enough he did much more than you would expect against a team like Plymouth. Um, Reed and Banton were, had hadn't anticipated no. that that win and got cl- and got closer to him. Um, but that's you know that, that this is pre-season. Yeah. Come on, uh, uh, that that sort of thing can develop, uh, and I don't think it's any great secret. And Gary Hour certainly hasn't tried to make it secret. He is still looking for yeah. another uh, uh, a striker. And of course, with with the with the aims and with the priority for United this season, you know we aren't going into the National League South to be competitive. We are, but yeah. we're going into the National League South to win promotion. Yeah. 
uh, so um, uh, somehow out of our strikers and at the moment let's say you've got Keating you've got Reed you've got Brett Williams they're the three at the moment oh I beg his pardon plus John Paul Pittman, Pittman. yeah um, who came on the other evening now those those <coughs> four strikers Whichever two, three yeah. combinations you want to uh, uh, say, you know they have got to deliver fifteen. They've goals. got to deliver a lot of exactly. goals. Exactly, yeah, a lot it's, of goals. Uh, Paul Bastard was saying on <clears throat> on Tuesday night that if you look at the teams who've done well at this level, they've all had a prolific goal scorer. Yes, you know you can run Paul's through. Paul's a list great of student, of a, a, a well-known United fan, and and good judge yeah uh, and he, he he does his research and um, uh, he, he seldom gets those sort of things wrong he, he uh, was he was purring over Brett Williams performance. well uh, that Brett, Brett Brett Williams has been given a huge boost hasn't he mm. by by Gary hours we obviously his 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 sort of first season here or back here yeah uh, um, you know is well documented now and and you know the number of games he got, and and how in the end he scored the goals that kept United up in 2017. Yeah. Um, and funnily enough, that the, the perception with Brett Williams has always been, yeah, goal poacher, good finisher. Um, if he was good at everything else, he'd never be. He wouldn't be here. Yeah. And yet this season, particularly, and we are in pre-season, he seems to have relished and taken on this mantle of. You know the leader of the attack. Yeah, um, he's he's good touch. He's he's actually got most of the tools to do the job. Yeah, um, uh, and we'll see whether and who Gary Hours brings in. Yeah, uh, whether he manages to lay his hands on a proper number nine target man, stroke centre forward, cliche cliche, or whether it's another. Player to play off Williams or, or kind of with him in that yeah. in that kind of a role, but no, w w Williams did really well. And Jamie Reed, uh, Jamie Reed, pugnacious, quick, busy. Yeah. Doesn't play friendlies, does he, Jamie? The no. haranguing that he gave the linesman on the uh, stroke oh, of half-time. Yes, half exactly. Time. Yeah, without realising, of course, that the referee had, <laughs> yeah. given, had given the decision as well. He was still having to go as they walked off the was, pitch, yeah. and I think the, yeah. the ref eventually stepped in and said, "Jamie, I gave it as well. Yeah. By the way, you might have got that wrong. Go, go, go into the dressing room. Off with you." But he's um, he's clearly up for it. He's, yeah, he's no, relishing the uh, never, season. Never, never in doubt. Never in doubt with him. Uh, hugely enthusiastic. This is his. This is his club. Yeah. Through and through, um, you know, he will make his mistakes. We uh, we know that. But uh, this is a big, big season for Jamie Reed. He has the potential to score 15 goals in this division. No mm. trouble at all. Yeah. Um, uh, he produced one or two moments on Tuesday night that just have you going. That's what you do. That's yeah. what you do, Jamie. And then, yeah. of course, at other moments. Um, when there appears to be a fairly simple pass on, <laughs> he doesn't do it. But okay. it, it wouldn't be Jamie. It wouldn't be Jamie really. Reed. No. And and let's face it, if he was absolutely perfect, he'd be playing alongside Ollie Watkins in probably at Brentford now and being talked of a multi-million pound move into yeah. the Premier League. So, um, no, no, it, it was a promising uh, for, for for those two up front. Talk about some of the substitutes. I'm going to save one till last because I know you want to talk about one in particular. James Roberts. Yeah, came on. Um, not he of a huge chance. I was he? expecting a trialist, but yeah. okay, he was on the team sheet as James Roberts. Yeah, for, used to be Oxford United. Yeah, um, didn't play up. I was expecting him to go on sort of genuinely up front, but didn't. Played sort of just in behind the strikers. Is that was it a false nine? Oh dear. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, we'll see. Didn't see very much of Some nice touches from him um, without sort of ripping any trees up in the time he, he had on the pitch. But he he, he is staying yeah. for at least another game, we understand, and probably expect to see a bit more of him against Cardiff. Okay, John Paul Pittman came on for Jamie Reid. Yeah, um, look, uh, he can win headers. Yeah, which he does quite quite yeah. often. Um, uh, I, I thought he did quite well when he was on. Um, obviously, he as well as Gowling are both still on the transfer yeah. list, um, so they have it all to do. I think in you know in in proving to to yeah. to, to ours that they can have a part to play this season. Rory Keating uh, came on for Brett Williams. Now Rory very nearly equalised in the in, in that, the last the end, minute. That's he, right. He got uh, got on the yeah, end with of a cross. typical Rory Keating kind of a. Mm. Get in there, chance, wasn't yeah. it? You know, yeah, it uh, just when just when you think the move is not quite going to happen, a cross came in. Now that oh, Rury's in, uh, and yeah, forced a good save from the goalkeeper. And we said on Tuesday, didn't we? Wouldn't it be great to see Rury recapture some of that form that he had the season before last? Yeah. Uh, towards the end of that season, he was he was pulling up trees, wasn't he? I think that the, when he first arrived, you know, he he it's the, really is the new kid on the block. Mm. Uh, uh, he, he had the smile on his face uh, absolutely loving being a pro come from from uh, you know irish semi pro football um nothing to lose without a care in the world really and he, and he played like it and, yeah. and made that impression last season i know i think look, thinking back almost 12 months ago probably to the day uh, doing a piece with him where he he spoke about you know what a huge season this was ahead yeah Everybody's well, we always, talked about it in the podcast, right. didn't we? That and, we were expecting him to play those forty games and lead the line. At and one I point. remember him saying to me, you know, uh, one time, you know, I've been written off loads of times in my career. People haven't believed in me yeah. and all that kind of stuff. And it's almost as if, as last season went on and things didn't happen for him, uh, um, that you know, the game became harder and harder for him. Yeah. Uh, um, he had fewer and fewer chances and time on the pitch, so that when he went on. There was even more pressure yeah. to deliver, um, and he he is a lad who who patently wears his heart on his sleeve. He tries his heart out when he's on there, and sometimes in that position, you can't try too hard on a football pitch. Of course, you can't. But it's almost as if yeah. you know, the harder you try, the worse it gets. Um, now, uh, I think he's still there. Yeah, you know, he 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 he's a lad. You know, if he'd managed to smash one in on Tuesday night. Uh, yeah. um, I think you, you, you would. Have, that's the kind of thing that he needs to happen for him. He, he's uh, he doesn't try and con his way through games. He keeps showing for the ball. Um, it goes into him. Sometimes he holds it up, which he did quite well a couple yeah. of times on Tuesday night. And other times, it breaks down. And I'm sure he's one of those lads who, instead of going, ah, oh, well, never mind. He wor it worries him when, yeah. when 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 it breaks down and he doesn't manage to to find a teammate. Wouldn't um, it be great to see two or three goals for him before the end of August? Everything looks different. That's right. It? You know, he's got the physique for it. He's got the appetite, the fitness. He can run all day. Um, uh, bravery, no problem. Yeah. Um, and it's just we're still waiting for the Ruri Keating breakthrough, aren't we? Yeah. I, th I think that's probably what we're saying. And um, you know, good luck to him. And then the the last man that we're going to mention tonight, he came on for Ryan Dixon with about twenty minutes to go. Uh, Olaf Casella. Yeah, a bit less than that, I think. In the end, it was he didn't have that long on. Uh, this is a sixteen-year-old lad from Torquay Academy. Uh, I think most people have heard of him now because yeah. there's been a bit of publicity about 
this this uh, pro contract which is awaiting him when he's 17 next March. Um, uh, I'd seen him once in an academy game, uh, and then he came on with five ten yeah. minutes to go on, on Tuesday night, and you think, oh, you know, how is he going to cope with this? This is up against you know decent opposition. Well, okay, he didn't you know win the game or uh, uh, earn the freedom of the town, but you saw a young man out there yeah. who's not afraid to be on the pitch with senior pros. His head was up. All the nuts and bolts were there, basic sort of stuff. He didn't go on and try and trick his way through and, and you know, sh look, look what I can do, look what I can do. He just went on to do his stuff, get the ball, lay it off. He, he took part in two or three really good passing movements and I thought it was a very promising 10, 15 minute yeah. display. All right, it means nothing uh, and this is a very early in his career. Um, but all of a sudden, you looked at Olaf Casilla and and you could think you could start to think, whoop, place on the bench for him possibly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he is an out and out goal scorer. Well, he, he's a good all round footballer, but he he, he is you know goal Mr. Goals for Torquay Academy. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, um, also in the run that United's academy had in the uh, uh, um, uh, Junior Premier League last season yeah. when they when they got to the final at uh, at Port Vale, the national final for the age group. Um, I didn't see that match, but poor bastard uh, did go to that game, uh, and um, you know he, I remember him telling me at the time, and he mentioned it again on Tuesday night that he he, he looked head and shoulders yeah. uh, up there, and he didn't he didn't look out of place at all on Tuesday evening against Argyle during the time he was on the pitch. So nice, encouraging performance yeah. from him, and you could see um, you know he, he's immediately people will start saying oh have we got another Lee Sharp all this kind of stuff well calm down everybody uh, we'll see but the, the, the only similarity I would suggest with Lee Sharp and, and calm yeah. down calm down Dave <laughs> um, uh, was the way that they both conducted themselves on the pitch mm. they both Lee Sharp was 16 years old when he made his United debut Olaf Kazila still hasn't made his senior debut and we must stress that um, but was the fact that both of them looked like they belonged out there. Yeah. And uh, obviously Lee Sharp was a different position, was a quick, tricky, talented left winger who could score goals, and we all know what happened to him. Uh, and Olaf Casida is a slightly different player to him. But they both had that air on the pitch that is yeah. where they are meant to be. And that's a hell of an important thing, quality. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Well, that's the team that we've spoken about now. We and can't... Sean McDonald, by the way, just before we leave that, who didn't get on, Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Alex Bass played the full 90 mm -hmm. minutes. Uh, I wouldn't be at all surprised if Sean McDonald doesn't play 90 minutes or at least quite a lot of the game against Cardiff tomorrow night. Right. He is a very good goalkeeper in his own right. Yeah. Uh, 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 Gary Owes has got a real job on his hand to keep them both happy this season. Um, because obviously they can't both play. Which, uh, which one will turn out to be Froome and which one will turn out to be Thomas? <laughs> Great <laughs> Thomas, yes. But uh, Sean McDonald is a, is a damn good goalkeeper yeah. in his own right, and I'm, I'm quite looking forward to seeing him if he does play yeah. against uh, Cardiff tomorrow night. And and you know you, we're not trying to compare the two or anything like that too too brutally. Um, but uh, good to have no. two strong keepers. Oh, I, and and most unlikely that many if any mm. other uh, uh, national league south clubs will be able to to have yeah. um two goalkeeper two quality goalkeepers like that on the books 
pat on the back for Gary Owens, and not that he needs one from us, but um, you know that's that squad is beginning to come together. It's beginning to look a, a decent, purposeful squad, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I, th- I think uh, um, you know, goals win leagues, goals yeah. win games, and, and and that's still just the little question mark. The he's admitted it as yeah. well. Uh, it's the one area of the pitch that he's now looking at. Um, there's obviously. You always have a bit of a concern at this stage of pre-season. They'll have all the good ones gone anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, you know, I, I know he's been trying very hard to get one uh, who was more or less priced out of the market. Club wanted quite a lot of money, and his wages yeah. were uh, um, too much. Um, uh, but he's he's still going. Uh, there's there are one or two still around and available, and um, uh, we'll see. Indeed. But well, we can't finish the podcast without mentioning Martin Cool, no. who's, who's departed Plainmore since we last broadcast. Yeah, I, I think um, timing is always quite an mm. uh, instructive thing. Uh, it's not a good time, is it, um, to go, you know, right halfway, on the eve of halfway the season, through yeah, pre-season? Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, you know, I've I've watched them both over the last what is it nine months, something yeah. like that. Um, uh, they're both strong characters, uh, experienced coaches, um, and I'm not trying to imply that they clashed in any way. But when you get two strong people like that mm. uh, with strong views, inevitably you're going to have um, slight disagreements, but 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 not to the point where you actually fall out. Um, and I don't, th- I genuinely don't think. Uh, that Martin Cool's departure is because there's been a massive fallout between no. him and, and Gary Owens. In fact, I'd be surprised if, if uh, between them, they didn't have their odd disagreements about football issues and maybe selection issues, etc. It would be a funny world if they both agreed on on, oh, yeah. on absolutely everything. Yeah. In fact, um, I think when we spoke to them in their first press conference, they were quite clear that you know they they weren't they weren't yes men. You no, know, there would be differences of opinion yeah. and. and uh, uh, and all the feedback I, I, I've always got is Martin Cool is, is, is the, the players used to, you know, most of the time at any rate, enjoy the, the sessions yeah. he was putting on. Uh, um, but Gary Owls is, is, is a very experienced coach. That's where he likes to be anyway. Uh, and, of course, Martin Cool's family uh, uh, weren't able to move mm. down here. Um, and uh, uh, eventually he's been offered a job up there. Uh, I think Gary Owls is right. When jobs come up in football like this, Especially if it happens, you know, uh, I don't know. I, I still think this might have happened even if United had stayed up. Really? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, th- I think Martin has found that whole commuting business. Not that he hasn't been committed. He's always one of the first in at the training ground every morning and uh, um, quite difficult being away from his family. Um, uh, and he's ended up taking a job much closer to home. And I un- understand has options to do other things up there as well. Yeah. So. It's happened. It's not great news from for United or Gary Hours' point of view, and it's not great news from a timing point of view either. Uh, everybody has immediately said, "Oh well, player coach is the obvious road to go down." Mm. Well, I think Hours has already pointed out. Look, hold it. If, if this had happened a month ago, then you would have put a lot of effort into trying to to yeah. find a player coach. But he said, "Now a month on." Uh, the chances are, and I think he's obviously had a bit of a look, that the candidates for that have they've gone pro- elsewhere. Have yeah. Probably yeah. gone elsewhere. Yeah. Um, uh, so I think he's looking at a, a, a straightforward number, yeah. new number two. Clark Osborne, the owner, was was down on Wednesday this week. 
um, reviewing a number of issues at the mm -hmm. club, business issues and stuff like that. And I know he and ours were going to discuss uh, the full implications yeah. of Martin Cool leaving and what sort of a package they've put together, obviously, for a replacement. But uh, th there's no way, there's no, there's no way that Martin Cool can run the thing, can run a full-time squad at a club Gary like Talkie United. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sorry, did I say Martin yeah, Cool? Yeah, yeah, Gary Owens can can run that on his own. You need a yeah. number two. And quickly, presumably, before we start getting into this two games a week. Yeah, uh, start I mean, the, the quicker the better. Um, but as always in these things, better to get it right yeah. than get it soon um, uh, I, I think uh, yeah, I know he's already spoken to uh, um, one uh, candidate who who certainly would, would have gone down well with the United fans but he yeah. was he was unable to, to break off from his current sort of career but um, uh, if that's the type of person experienced person that he's looking at well and can get one yeah then all well and good but um, we'll, we'll, we'll 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 see there's, there's plenty of people around yeah who are not in work at the moment um, and want to be hmm. um, so so we'll see okay well that's Tuesday night's match dealt with now we go into the last three friendlies as just to round them up again Cardiff City Neil Warnock's Cardiff City a, are at play more Friday night 7 o'clock 7 o'clock kick it's off everybody it's an early kick off yeah. so be um, there on time uh, and of course it marks the return of Neil Warnock who, who uh, older United fans will remember with much fondness he certainly does yeah um uh, he and I were chatting uh, um, uh, within a few hours of Cardiff City's promotion to the uh, Premier League um, and uh, I nearly managed to persuade him that he felt as good as he did when he kept United <laughs> in the Football League in 1993. He said it was a close run thing yeah. um, but he had a, a, a wonderful sort of five, six months down yeah. here. Um, when his career was at a low ebb, and um, he's all, he he wrote in his autobiography that he fell in fell back in love with football during his time as as Torquay's so manager. Sort of Torquay, the magic Torquay United it, does for you exactly, isn't it? and he did a great job while he was here, and he remembers his time here very fondly, and he's always tried to bend over backwards to help Torquay wherever he's been in his yeah. multi-faceted managerial career and hugely successful managerial career, of course, and that included lending Reese Healy to us at the end of last season. Yeah, I hope season. he gives Reese Healy a game on Friday well, night. Well, absolutely. Six yeah. goals in seven games he scored yeah. at the end of last season. He'll always be welcome at playing more, he? damn well will, yeah. and including, of course, a hat-trick that didn't win the game against uh, Geisley, oh, yeah, which uh, yeah. must have stuck in uh, his throat. Uh, but he, he should he should hopefully appear on Friday. Then it's Bristol City on Tuesday. Yeah, uh, that's a seven thirty start. Seven thirty kick off. That's, that's the last start. of the home friendlies. Yeah. So these are two big tests for United coming yeah. up. They're going to have to do an awful lot of running around and chasing the ball. And then um, it's it's Dorchester the following Saturday away, and then it's a free week. Uh, it's before a free week into Chelmsford the, away on August the fourth. Into the big stuff. So there we are. I, I promised um, I promised Pete up at Playmore on Tuesday night that I wouldn't use the O word because optimism creeps in at this time of the <laughs> season. But uh, yeah, we're optimistic. You have to be, don't you? I think so, uh, uh, particularly with the transfer activity that has happened in the last 10 days, fortnight. Yeah. Uh, I think a number of slots have been filled um, in goal, defence, Ryan Dixon coming into midfield. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know we're looking now at uh, one more might make it That's look it. distinctly interesting. So all um, he's got to do, the simple job for Gary, is just find a twenty-goal season striker, <laughs> just like that, between now and next Saturday. <laughs> um, so you know that, that that's where yeah. we are at the moment. Um, we need two more hard-working, 
um, chase the ball around yeah. all night performances against Cardiff and Bristol City and then Dorchester away Off and hopefully go. they can uh, hit the season running at, at Chelmsford. Thank you very much for your company on the Devon Live Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast. This time next week uh, we'll have played Cardiff and Bristol City so there will be even more to discuss. Thanks for your time and come, come on, on you yellows. yellows.